You're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. Dear God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for everything you do for us, for allowing us to be here together to worship you. Lord, we pray today that you would open our hearts and our minds so that we could focus on the message and receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen.
stretches to the sky. Please turn and greet one another. Good morning. Welcome to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Kate. I'm grateful that I'm the pastor here. We're grateful that you came to worship this morning. We like to frame our announcements in our five practices so that it reinforces this behavior with us all the time, with our leadership with you. Radical hospitality is our first one. You'll see people um, at the back table. We try to have coffee and donuts and snacks uh, for people as they come in to worship. We have restrooms right over here, and we have a security check-in system in the back of our space uh, so you can uh, check in your child if they are fifth grade and below so you know where they are and who's picking them up. Um, let me tell you about the calendar. Um, in my first 12 months or so, we had about six near misses and five collisions with spaces in our church with inside groups and outside groups being in the same spot at the same time by accident one way or another. When we started having the one calendar that you cannot double book in a space, we dropped that to two or three. I don't, I don't, want, I don't want to jinx it. Can you, we haven't had one because you've paid so much attention to it and because we've tried to have it right, but we have one slight change, and you'll see it in the bulletin. Um, we're switching from Aaron running the calendar, uh, she's done since we've started it, to Leslie running the calendar. Uh, our office manager. So if you have requests for our church calendar, any space you're ever going to use, it's, a, um, it's probably a better word than contested space, shared space, uh, then make sure you email Leslie at Memorial Greer and say, I'd like to have the um, so-and-so room on the so-and-so date, and she'll tell you, and then it will be locked in. Um, we have a combined service and cookout two weeks from today uh, on the 30th. So we will have a 10 o'clock service in the sanctuary. Uh, two Sundays from now, and that's so we can have a combined um, cookout out on the grounds um, directly following that. Um, passionate worship. If you look, we've used um, in the prayer section of your bulletin in the passionate worship uh, part, we've used that number just if you had an emergency. Um, but I want to expand that, and I'll ask our ushers, if you have a prayer concern you'd like to share with our Tuesday prayer group uh, now, you can raise your hand and they'll bring you a card and a pencil. And uh, if you'll just print legibly, we'll share your prayer concern with our Tuesday prayer group. But I also want to expand that uh, so that you can call that number that's in the bulletin anytime. Just leave a message. We'll get that message and we'll share it with the next time the Tuesday prayer group meets. So make sure you notice that. Uh, Wonderful Wednesdays is about passionate worship, and I'm going to have uh, Aaron speak to that. Good morning. I'm Erin Knight, Director of Children and Family Ministries, and I just wanted to remind all of you with children that are ages three and potty trained through fifth grade that we invite them to join us on Wednesdays for the next three weeks from 9 to 11. Uh, this week we're going to be studying passionate worship. I say studying, we're going to have a whole lot of fun. This is often a young 
um, ended group. Um, so we're going to keep them moving, but we're going to teach them something significant as well about all the ways we worship in this church. So if your child would like to come or a neighbor or friend, please um, bring them on. We'd love to have them. They'll sign in as usual for any program um, in, at the check-in desk in the hall. And um, I would remind the kids to bring a stuffed animal, a favorite doll, something they love that um, we can use in an exercise we're going to have about baptism. So I look forward to seeing them then. Thank you. We believe in intentional faith development, what you do Sunday to Sunday and even Sunday morning. Um, during the summer, because we don't have as much stuff with children and youth, I can tell you about the podcast. Just uh, Google search Sunday Scripture Podcast, and you'll find a 20-minute show that I do each week uh, with two of my favorite minister friends, and we talk about the text coming on Sunday. This particular week, because of the 4th, it was a different one, but going forward, it will be the text you'll hear on Sunday morning. Uh, so it preps you if you listen before. And if you're going to miss Sunday because of vacation, uh, I invite you to tune in. Uh, we believe in risk-taking mission and service. And the youth have an important announcement about that next week. Uh, they have a parents' night out July 23rd from 5.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. So you can go out on a date. You'll give the youth a donation. They'll give it to uh, missions. And then there's a youth lock-in uh, that night through the 24th. We believe in extravagant generosity. We were missing the um, financial report last week because Jimmy, our business manager, was out of town. You'll see two weeks' worth of that um, financial report. So when you see 20, you go, one, 20? Uh, the first time I saw it, mm. it's still amazing uh, that we had that kind of giving in two weeks um, in the middle of the summer, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, we have two extras, the um, finance meet, finance committee and the McClyman committee meet tomorrow night at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. respectively in the social hall. So that's a number of things going on. Take your bulletin home with you. We put a lot of effort into it so you can have everything. Uh, look at the website if you ever need it. That's probably everything we need. Let's pray together. Gracious God, we thank you for this day. A place in which you have gathered us to set aside the things that uh, press us apart, the things that upset us, the things that are distractions, the things that we do throughout the week for work or family, so that we can hear from you. Calm our hearts and minds, Lord. Help us to hear your message for us this day. Inspire us this morning, Lord, with the prayer your Son taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. First word we're going to talk about today is limited. When you hear something is limited, how do you behave? Let's look at three different pictures. First one is um, college admissions. I remember going through this as a kid. Uh, of course, I only applied to one school, which I guess was either good or bad. There was only one place I was going, period. And um, at the time, I think their um, admissions have gone up, but at the time they went like this. Oh, yeah, come on. You got a pulse? Let's go. Think about people in your life who have concerned themselves with getting into college. If there's only so many slots, 
and you have to have everything on your resume possible to get noticed. Let's look at the next one. Tickets to a sporting event or to any event. There's only a limited number. That's the College World Series. It's a big deal. Didn't want to get into college football. We don't want to. Uh, uh. College World Series, tough ticket. Those don't even come close to the third one. Brownie. There's only one brownie. <laughs> How many of you have gathered with family at the beach, at their homes, at the lake house, whatever it is, and somebody made a certain amount of treats or somebody brought a certain amount of treats? There's one brownie left. There's 17 of us. There will only be one survivor. 39 days. No. Uh, we start to fib a little bit or worse when we either consume that thing or want that thing. We start to count how many you had and how many I had. Especially the kids will get into that. The adults would do it, but they've just learned to be more quiet about it and, and fib a little bit. We start to obsess how many you have and how many I have. And you begin to look out for yourself. People begin to look out for themselves when they hear the word limited. And we don't know that too much because we don't have too many limited resources. We could go in seven different directions and get seven different versions of nearly everything we want in the next five minutes. And if we couldn't find it at the store, we could order it online and it could be here tomorrow by 2 p.m. We don't know that kind of scarcity. But every once in a while, we get an image of it. And Jesus talked about resources a ton to try to change people's behavior, to change their belief when there's less than they think there is. So Matthew 13, verse 1. That day Jesus went out of the house and sat down beside the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he climbed into a boat and sat down. The whole crowd was standing on the shore. So the next phrase is the dream. Any speaker who's put any amount of time into any speech, the, what do they want? They want people to come. They want people to be in the chairs. We took our girls around Rock Hill, um, I don't know, two months ago. We were just happened to be in town, and we said, let's go show you 17 places that impacted your mom and dad's lives. Cherry Park was one of the big ones. Cherry Park's a huge park in the middle of town. Had a seventh grade birthday party there. Hadn't thought about it since. Drove in there, and I said, there's where I had a seventh grade party that I didn't want to have in the first place, and all I did was look out the window and just hope people would come. Man, that's a lonely feeling. I, they did. And um, boys stood over there, and girls stood over there. And uh, M&Ms were over here. Right? <laughs> The next time that happened on that kind of level was a new church start that I was in, a restart in Mount Pleasant. And I would just look out the window just hoping people would come. Man, that's not a good feeling. And whatever the number is, is meaningless unless it's one or two more than last week. We had uh, uh, 87 last week. We better have 89 this week. We had 67. All right, everything that I did was meaningless in my mind. See, that's what the 28-year-old in me thought. 
that the crowd is the difference. The crowd is the reason that you do all of this, and you better have a big one. So leaders measure momentum. They determine worth. They say things to draw more people rather than pressing them and uh, challenging them because having more and more people matters. Leaders also think about how much more time it takes to get more people. And here Jesus has so many people surrounding him, he has to step off the shore and into a boat just to have room to stand up and speak to him. This is the dream. So many leaders, I'm sure myself included in different parts of my ministry, would take that moment and say exactly what they want to hear so that there'll be two more next week or three more next week, or four more next week. Instead, this is what he says. Verse 3. He said many things to them in parables. A farmer went out to scatter seed. As he was scattering seed, some fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on rocky soil, where the soil was shallow. They sprouted immediately because the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it scorched the plants, and they dried up because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorny plants. The thorny plants grew and choked them. So limited or no progress. You ever feel that way? In whatever you're trying to do? In the relationship that you're in, in the um, parent-child relationship you're in, in the child-parent relationship you're in, in the church relationship that you're in, there seems to be no limit to the things that are impeding what we are trying to do. No soil. I mean, you're talking sidewalk. My emotional state, my mental state, my whatever state in this relationship is a sidewalk to a seed. It's not happening. Or it's shallow. You know, I was thinking about this this week. 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 You know how you want to get something done and you don't get it done? That soil is shallow. It doesn't have any room for anything else. And while you have a little bit of progress on Monday, something pulls you away on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's Sunday, and you're thinking, golly, you know, we had a pretty good start on Monday. And the thorns. Those things that are in your life that have seemingly limitless potential to pop up with no effort whatsoever and choke the light out, life out of anything that you're trying to do. Sometimes it's a feeling within you. Sometimes it's a person in your group that feels that way. So he says, three out of the four things that this farmer scattered the seed upon were not going to work out. So here's your next phrase. Why are you wasting 75%? Do you like to waste 75% of your time? Do you like to waste 75% of your money? Do you like to waste 75% of your energy? Anybody lose 75% of their sleep one night? How's that next day? Anybody lose 75% of their sleep for like nine months? What's that like? Is that fun? Are you, a, are you a happy, positive person when that's going on for 9, 10, 11 months, losing 75% of your sleep? Farmers know better. 
than to plant in poor soil. And guess who Jesus is speaking to? He's speaking to hard-working people who know what they're talking about. Fishermen don't fish in bad spots, and I bet you they know them. Katie's uncles famously uh, takes us out at Edisto, and even though I bet he knows in his heart, I have no sense of direction if I don't have my phone. He winds us and winds us and winds us around, and he'll take friends out. He'll wind them and wind them and wind them around because he doesn't want them to find the spot where he takes them that's the great spot. He's even had friends say, uh, you know I know we're just spinning around in a circle, right? I know where you're going, and I know where your spot is. Fishermen don't fish in the bad spot over and over and over and again. Recreational fishermen don't do that. Recreational gardeners don't do that. Jesus is telling a story to people who know how to work hard and how not to waste time because they don't have time to waste. They don't have resources to waste because their margin is that thin. Let me tell you a story about a farmer who gave away 75% of what he had. Is this not where we get in relationships? We think to ourselves, 75% of what I say to this person is meaningless. Why am I going to bother? Why am I going to do this? 75% of my effort in trying to be more fit is meaningless. 75% of my going to church because there's this distraction here, there's this distraction there, or I didn't understand what he was talking about, or I don't, you know, music, whatever. 75% of me coming to church, it doesn't work out like I thought it would. And that's where we get in relationships. We start to do the math. You know, I pray to God all the time. And I pray to God faithfully about my relationship or about my job or about my health or about the health of that person. And it seems like only 25% of the time it works out. Of course, I can do an eight-part sermon series on what works out means and what prayer means and what the relationship of that conversation with God means and what free will means. We'll do that another time. 75% of the time I pray to God and I feel like I don't get an answer or I don't like my answer. And I do enough of this math and I start to think, why bother? Let's reverse it. You have a person that's putting time into you. Prayer into you. Thought into you. And it's not working out. And you think to yourself, these people have done everything they can. God has tried to help me, but it doesn't work out for me hardly ever. I don't know why I should even try. And I think this is why Jesus tells this story, at least part why, is to help us understand that we do math all the time, and in that math we determine whether we're going to bother or not. Whether we're going to have that effort or not. Verse 8. Other seed fell on good soil and bore fruit. In one case, a yield of 100 to 1. In another case, a yield of 60 to 1. In another case, a yield of 30 to 1. Everyone who has ears should pay attention. My Addison would love if it was corn that he was planting. And it was a, a whatchamacallit? What's the word? Dang. 
Pun. Pun. Everyone who has ears should listen. Right? He says, this was, yeah, now it's clicking. Okay, we got it. It's coming. Hang with me. It's been three weeks. You could even do the math and say that 25% increased a fold on a level that you didn't understand, you couldn't comprehend, and that that math works out. And so it's okay. But I think it's far beyond that. And this is the last phrase of the day. A call for generosity. Jesus took this opportunity with this enormous crowd that was surrounding him to say two important things. There's nothing easy about what I'm asking you to do. Nothing. I'm not telling you that if you follow me, everything that's never worked out in your life will now work out. Every illness you've ever had will now go away. Every person that's ever ignored you will now listen to you with great attention. Every relationship that's ever failed will now work out because you're with me. He didn't say that at all. He says, this is going to be difficult, and it may be that you are preaching to this soil, of which there's all kinds of reasons it's not going to work out. It may be that you are the soil, and there's all kinds of reasons within you that will choke this message. But the other thing he's going to tell them is, it's worth it. You people who are out here, if there's 5,000 of you, 75% of you may struggle with this today. 75% of you may struggle with this tomorrow. Any leader that would say that to the people and any people who were actually paying attention and hearing him would think one of two things. Either A, oh, of course I'm in the 25. Come on. Or, what? Did he just say most of us, this isn't going to work out? I'm not coming back next week. He says, it's worth it. I'm telling you that the math says it's not, but I'm telling you that it is, and that's because of one simple thing. God gives without limits. God sends out that seed in every place with the same passion, the same intensity, the same generosity, whether people are thorny, whether people are shallow, whether people are solid ground or whether they, uh, well, there's no soil at all. Because that's the way God behaves. So may we pray ourselves that we can be that generous, that we can witness another person in our life and think, sidewalk. That is a sidewalk if I've ever seen one to this message. There's a thorn if I've ever seen one. There's some shallow soil over there. May we pray that we could be that generous in the name of our God. Because God is reckless with resources. Because they aren't limited. Like any resource we ever know. God's love is not limited. God always hopes. God always loves. God always dreams. And God always waits that it might work out. Let us pray.
Heavenly Father, put us in every part of that story. Help us as the hearers of that word to understand that we will encounter people that we can quickly tell are a particular type of soil or no soil at all. Help us, Lord, to understand that every single one of those is within us. Help us understand you reach out to us anyway. And help us, Lord, to reach out throughout this week. It's in your son's holy name we pray. Amen. It's now time for our offering. You can see instructions on how to give electronically, or you can give in as the plate goes by. And actually before that, it's time for our modern affirmation. If you'll stand up and join me. We believe in God the Father, infinite wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all His works, and whose will is directed to His children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as the divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated. And now it's time for the offering.
Have a great week.